Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 35 called Waiting for Justice. God is gracious to us, but Job is being challenged that God doesn't owe him anything. For you say, verse three, he's quoting back Job, what advantage will it be to you? What profit shall I have more than if I had sinned? New living. For you also ask, what's in it for me? What's the use of living a righteous life if this is what you get for it? Can you imagine being Joseph in the Egyptian prison? And he says, why did I bother to resist Potiphar's wife? Maybe I should have just given in because what did I get for it? I got a prison sentence and got falsely accused. Can I ask you a question? Why do you live a righteous life? And I'm hoping that you do. Do you do it to earn brownie points with God? Do you do it because you'll think you get blessings in return? Or do you do it because it's the right thing to do to honor God no matter what comes your way? I want to say this because I heard a phone call. Uh, A lady called into a uh, answer program, you know, Bible questions and answers. And she, she asked the question of the host, is it right when I give my offering on a Sunday to attach what I want uh, as a result of my offering? Like, for example, could I submit my offering and say, as I give my offering, I want a new car? And I'm not joking. This is what she said. And I've come to find out that some churches, when they take their offering, say to the congregation, put on the offering envelope what you want as you give this offering. Uh, Would you just ponder that for a second? What would you like as you give your offering? A new car! Almost sounds like a game show, doesn't it? Come on down! A new car! And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, does God want to bless his people? Yes. Does the Bible say he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly? Yes. But I don't see Bible verses that say submit your offering envelope with a new car. (laughs) Wait a minute, that sounds like a give to get scheme. And if you are living a righteous life, do not Live that righteous life to get something from the master. That's nonsense. That's trying to pull the right button. So if I live righteously, what's in it for me? Can I quote another old classic movie? Field of Dreams. End of the movie. How many of you have seen Field of Dreams? Kevin Costner. They want to bring the old writer out to the corn. And Kevin Costner says, I want to go. And Shoeless Joe says, you can't go. There's no place for you out here. You can't go. And he says, but I want to go. I want to see what's out there. You guys are in my corn. (laughs) You're all living in my corn. What are you saying, Ray? Are you asking what's in it for me? Is that why you built this field? Is that why you did all all these things? What's in it for me? And finally he admits, yeah, What's in it for me? And Shoeless Joe says, you better stay here, Ray. (laughs) Now, if you've seen the movie, you realize that 
The whole story has been about the pain that the son has felt in losing his father and not being able to go to the funeral. And the film's not theologically correct, but it's, it's compelling. And at the end of the movie, his dad appears and his pain gets eased. But we don't live the way we're supposed to live, brethren, to get goodies from God. Now, God gives us plenty of frosting on the cake, does he not? I mean, we're all, we're all a blessed group of people. But we don't do what we do. We don't live a righteous life just so that we can get blessings. We don't say, well, maybe I should just start sinning because this Christian life isn't working out because I'm not getting the blessings that I was promised if I lived the right way. No, live the right way because you want to honor your father. But someone might say, but surely there's a reward for obedience, right? I mean, doesn't the book of Proverbs promise that if you're obedient and you live a righteous life, you'll be blessed? Sure it does. But it doesn't guarantee you that. And the book of Job is all about a man who did that and still got ravaged by disaster. <laughs> that's what we've been studying together. And that's why we realize that this book is deep and profound. See, Job is wondering if God just treats the righteous and the wicked the same, if it doesn't really matter in the end. What, what then? Uh, this is Job, I think it's 924. It says, the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the faces of its judges. If it is not he, then who is it? How, how do I make sense of what's happening to me? How do I make sense of the fact that it seems like the righteous and the wicked get the same treatment, even though I've tried to live a blameless life? Well, Elihu says, I will answer you. He's quoted Job and your friends with you. He says, if you want a remedy, if you're going through your own question marks in your life right now, if you're asking some tough questions about the nature of God and the problem of evil, Elihu's remedy to Job is to look at the heavens, 35.5, and see. And behold the clouds, they are higher than you. Now, one thing that Elihu wants Job to do, and this is important for you and me if you're taking notes, is to look up again, but to look up with a consideration of the heavens above and the earth below. This is a pondering of God's transcendence. God transcends uh, what I understand. His ways are higher than my ways. I, he's God, and he's accomplishing purposes and things that I don't completely understand. And notice some of the, uh, the calls here. It's to look at the heavens and see. It's to behold the clouds. Uh, so, for some of us who live in the Inland Empire, the last time we looked up was when we went on a trip to the mountains, and we went, oh, there's stars. <laughs> look at that. There's more than four of them up there. Oh, they're always there. The problem is that there's stuff that keeps us from seeing them in the Inland Empire and L.A. and so forth. They're there. We just don't see them. And so what Elihu tells Job is that you need to look up again, man, because the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies 
proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display what? Knowledge. This is an invitation to reponder what you believe about God. See, for many of us, our God is way too small. Amen? We think God's just like us. He's not like us. He spoke the universe into existence. He holds it all together by the word of his power. He's majestic in his ways. In Psalm 8, turn over there. Let me remind you of something that, this is just a little bit to the right, Psalm 8, next, next book. David, and David had a lot of problems, right? He created some of his own problems, but what was one of the major problems for David in his life? A guy named Saul. Saul was a nut. <laughs> he became so jealous of David, and David was so righteous about not killing Saul when he had opportunities and trying to honor him. David went through a lot of stuff, and a lot of the Psalms are David crying out to God in confusion. And he says, Psalm 8, verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes you have established strength. Because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? You see, when David reconsiders the heavens and looks at the stars and everything that God has made, there's a humility that floods the life of any human because you start to say, if I'm making demands to God in heaven, what right do I have to make demands anyway? And what does God really owe me? See, we feel that God owes us something. But God is in the heavens. He's transcendent. He's above us. I want you to turn back to Job and flip ahead to chapter 38. So go back to the book of Job. 38 is where God begins to answer Job. And as Elihu kind of sets, uh, blazes the trail for God's speech to Job, <clears throat> here's what God says to Job, and this is Job 38, 31. Job 38, 31. He says, Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? 38, 32 of Job, God addressing Job. Can you lead forth a constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens or fix their rule over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that an, an abundance of water may cover you? Can you, Job, send forth lightnings that they may go and, and say to you, here we are? Who has put uh, wisdom in the innermost being or has given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds by wisdom or tip the water jars of the heavens when the dust hardens into a mass and the clods stick together? When we're in a tough spot, sometimes we just need to look up again. We need to consider who our God is. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Michael Lance says it at the end of each week, get to church. 
fellowship is important. If you live in Southern California, make sure you visit the church Pastor Michael has the honor of serving as senior pastor. Living Truth Christian Fellowship is in the city of Corona on 1009 Arsenal Way. You can learn more about the church on walkintruth.com. If you listen to Walk in Truth and you're nowhere near Southern California, Pastor Michael would ask that you make an effort to get into fellowship. Being alone is needed sometimes, but it's not the way the Lord would have you live. Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team pray you get to church this week and learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the mission of Walk in Truth, and our church at walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. 38 is where God begins to answer Job. And as Elihu kind of sets, uh, blazes the trail for God's speech to Job, <clears throat> here's what God says to Job, and this is Job 38, 31. Job 38, 31. He says, Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? 38, 32 of Job, God addressing Job. Can you lead forth a constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens or fix their rule over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that an an abundance of water may cover you? Can you, Job, send forth lightnings that they may go and and say to you, here we are? Who has put uh, wisdom in the innermost being or has given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds by wisdom or tip the water jars of the heavens when the dust hardens into a mass and the clods stick together? When we're in a tough spot, sometimes we just need to look up again. We need to consider who our God is. And what's so amazing about our God is that he came down to us, amen, in the person of Jesus Christ. This is amazing. Now in Job 35, if you turn back there, Elihu continues to challenge Job and he says, 35.6, if you have sinned, what do you accomplish against him? And if you, your transgressions are many, what do you do to him? If you are righteous, notice there's the direct address to Job, if you have sinned, if you are righteous, 35.7, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? Job has been saying, but I've been blameless, but I've been innocent, but I've been a good boy, I've been a good boy. He's trying to apply some of the Santa Claus theology. I've been a good, good boy, I've been a good little girl. Please don't give me a lump of coal. But Elihu says, but what does your behavior do to affect God? If you have a bad day, does God have a bad day? If you're a good little boy, does God say, oh, I feel better about the entire universe now. Look at Job. Now, God was bragging on Job, but remember remember Elihu's talking about the transcendence of God, and he's saying essentially, whether you send up a storm, Job, or you lived a righteous life, that doesn't twist God's arm. That doesn't make him move 
to do something per se. Now we do know that God is honored by good behavior. He's bragged on Job at the beginning of the book. He says in Proverbs 14, 34, that righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to any people. In Psalm 7, it says that God, 11, is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. God does not like evil. And in some way, you could say, yeah, it does impact him. But in an ultimate way, it's not going to move him one way or the other. God is God. He's on his own timetable. And he doesn't have surprise or shock in his personality. Whoa, I can't believe that just happened. Right? He, he, he never is caught by surprise like, wow, look at that. No, he doesn't operate that way. Remember, God's not you. I know that happens to me and you. And oftentimes I say this to people in the ministry, just when I think I've seen everything, then I see something else. And I'm like, no way. And somebody next to me goes, way. It's true. It's happening. And that's my humanity, but that's not God. And that's what Elihu is saying. He's saying, no. Your wickedness is for a man like yourself. Your righteousness is for a son of man. Eight in the new living. No, your sins affect only people like yourself, Elihu says to Job. And your good deeds also affect only humans. Now remember, Elihu is a man, and the Bible is correctly uh, documenting what he says. Human deeds for good or ill work out their consequences in society, says Elihu. Elihu's argument is not that moral deeds have no spiritual significance, but rather that they cannot be used, says one writer, to persuade or compel God. Elihu is not suggesting that God does not care how Job lives his life. Of course he cares. But Job's been making that that his main argument for God answering him now. He wants God to answer his case now. And Elihu's saying you can't do that. Because of the multitude, verse 9, of the oppression, they cry out, they cry for help because of the arm of the mighty. Well, you might say, and Job certainly implied this or said it directly, what about people that are oppressed all over the world and cry for help? What about those situations? And since Job is in that situation, feeling like he's been oppressed and unjustly treated, he's been crying for help, why doesn't God hear those cries? I wonder... How many people around the world at this moment of time are crying out for answers? Crying out from a prison cell. Crying out from an abusive home. Crying out from a broken, disastrous marriage. Crying out from, you know, struggles with demonic, uh, you know, oppression or possession. And then you can walk this out, right? There's a lot of stuff going on at a given moment of time. Someone who's just lost a loved one. Someone perplexed by a diagnosis, etc., etc. What goes on there? Well, here's what Elihu says. He says, But no one says, Where is God my maker who gives songs in the night? Now, Elihu's answer is that the people that are largely crying out in these situations are not crying out in faith to God. 
I'll let you chew on that. But there's, it's been said that there's no atheists in foxholes. But sometimes when the cries go up, the cries are not, oh God, I'm so sorry that I haven't known you for the first four decades of my life and I want to get things right. It's more like this. God, get me out of here. If there's a God up there, get me out of this one. And we start negotiations, right? We start saying, and if you will, if you're out there, whether you're a he or she, do you hear people say this? Whoever you are, just come and rescue me. And then what do we, what do we say usually happens after that? Thanks a lot. <laughs> See you next emergency. Maybe, maybe Ellie, who's on to something? Maybe a lot of the cries and a lot of the struggles in this world don't really bring someone genuinely to God. It's more like an escape hatch. However, I will say that some of us in this room were born again in a difficult situation. And we said, oh God, I want to know you. And maybe God gave you verse 10 of Job 35, a song in the night. When I was teaching the book of Job, I was thinking of songs like Spafford's It Is Well With My Soul, Bart Millard's I Can Only Imagine, Jeremy Camp's song I Still Believe as his young wife died of cancer, Shane Lance's song I Am Not Forsaken. Jonah, in Jonah chapter 2, began to pray to the Lord, and that, that section of Jonah 2 is called Jonah's song. And if your difficulty drives you to the living God, praise God, amen? But Elihu is arguing, and of course he's talking to Job directly, that Job, if you've got an issue with God not responding to your cry, maybe the problem is you. And of course, we know Job's a righteous man who loves God, so we got to be careful now how we interpret what Elihu says. But he's implying that when Job's crying out, it's not that Job really wants to repent and get closer to God. He just wants to get out of his problems. You've been listening to Waiting for Justice, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 35. If you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners. That means you. So you can email or send Pastor Michael and the team a letter. We love to get mail. You can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Once again, that's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, are you back in fellowship yet? I didn't say back to church because church, you know, sometimes we just think of the building. But you need to be back in fellowship so that you can be with God's people, worshiping corporately, 
studying the Word of God together, serving one another, praying for one another, taking the Lord's Supper, uh, having koinonia, being together as one, loving one another, greeting one another, hugging, handshake. The Bible even talks about a holy kiss. And I know in the COVID <laughs> last year, people have maybe hesitated on that one. But I'll tell you this, we need the fellowship and the warmth of one another's company. There's nothing like it. God indeed inhabits the praises of his people. So what are you doing this morning, KKLA listening family? Hey, if you're thinking about going to church and you should be, then why don't you come out to Living Truth where I serve as senior pastor. We're in the city of Corona. We do two services on Sunday morning, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. The church is right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue, 1009 Arsenal Way. Think of the armor of God, 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona. Won't you join us this morning? You get driving directions and everything you need when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Now remember, you can also watch the service live on our YouTube channel or when you go to walkintruth.com. Hey, I look forward to meeting you and your family at one of the services. We'll see you here. And just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 35 called Waiting for Justice. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.